You are the solution. We are the future. Radically different, together, and unity above all. This is Revolution Radio. Moving forward from centuries of systemic racism is going to take work and honesty with ourselves and each other. We're going to have to have some long overdue, uncomfortable conversations. Racism is not a black and white issue. It's deeply ingrained in our society in ways you might not even realize. We have to recognize the limits of our own perspective and listen to the people that racism affects on a daily basis. Stories from the front lines of the fight for equality, protest tips, ways you can support the revolution even if you can't make it to the front lines, and music to keep up the morale and inspire unity. Revolution Radio has got you covered. Make no mistake, we have a once in a lifetime chance to bring about true positive change in a world that works for all. The power has and always will be with the people. When the rules do not respect some of us, we do not respect the rules. And now your host, Sig Neutron. What's up, everybody? Hey, so if you are a normal listener, you might notice a little bit of a change here. And I mean, if you haven't noticed, man, major shit is afoot here in America. And I wanted to know, I wanted to figure out what I could do to help the Black Lives Matter movement and the fight for equality and justice right now. And I decided to shift focus on my on my podcast here and try to figure out, I want to start having conversations with people of color and figuring out how I can be the best white ally that I can. Because there, it's, a, it's a big, complicated issue that it's, there are really no easy answers. And a lot of us are trying to make sense of it. And I'm just going to try to do my part to help not only myself make sense of it, but maybe you guys out there too, because I think that the most powerful thing that we can do is to help somebody understand. So in addition to unpacking racism of all kinds, systemic and personal, uh, I'm also going to be, I'm going to have episodes where I'm reaching out to people that are on the front lines out there in the protests. I want to hear their stories and relay their messages. And it's going to be, I've got people like sourcing some news for me. And we're creating this network of like communication. Because uh, if this is your first time listening to my podcast, well, thank, thanks for being here. Uh, I've spent the last year trying to create a movement called Irreverentism, which is basically built on the principle of bringing together people of all types and to to come together to f- fight for collective goals and freedom for all and embrace our individuality as a collective because I believe that's when society is going to flourish. And I've been working on that for a while. And then all of the, the poll, the Black Lives Matters movement has exploded and it's just people are in the streets. It is like a beautiful thing to see. But also there is, it's getting crazy because there are bad actors that are definitely abusing the situation. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about too, to sort of unpack that and see what we can do because I think the most important thing right now is we have to stay together. We have to keep unified because the people at the top, that's how they've always kept everybody like at bay is because we've been divided. And if we stand together, there's nothing that can stop us. So for this first episode, I have a guest, Tiffany Warren. And man, this conversation was so like enlightening. And, you know, there 
even people of color, their experience with racism is completely different. So I want to have as many different people and as many different perspectives as I can on the show so that we can put together this puzzle and move forward together as the human race. And so, man, uh, yeah, this was just a great conversation. And I'm just here, honestly, I'm just here to listen. And uh, yeah, so enjoy this episode uh, with Tiffany Warren. So Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, And if you want to give us a little background of where you're located and uh, your experience with just race and racism and yeah, give us a little background. For sure. I'll, uh, I'll try to condense it. Cause there's a, like a lot, a lot. And I know that you, even, even if they want to listen, sometimes people kind of gloss over, but, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, was born in San Antonio, Texas, raised there. Um, I moved into the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex probably when I was about 24, 25 and, uh, I'm half black, half Mexican. And I was raised by my Mexican-American mom uh, with my Mexican-American family. Um, I think everyone is generally, like, of my of all of my tias and my, my, my cousins and stuff, it's like, um, I think we're probably starting at, like, the third generation. So we're, we're pretty American, you know, mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, you know, experiences being in, in the country. And then with my dad's side, I wasn't. I wasn't raised with him. Um, he picked me up on Saturdays and we just weren't really very close. We just like hang out mm-hmm. and we never really talked about anything of substance or anything that was important. And, um, I can actually remember when I was about nine years old, he was getting on to me. He asked me, just flat out asked me, he goes, do you have any black friends? And I said, no. And he goes, have you ever had a black boyfriend? And I said, no, I'm nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he was kind of mad. He goes, I'm, I'm really disappointed that you don't have more black people in your life. And, you know, I think one of the one of the strangest things with especially having been born um, before the last five years, even as, as being biracial or multiracial, the parents don't recognize what their kids are going to be getting into. They don't know what any of that means. So ha- most of the time, most of the time, um, because from other people who are biracial that I've spoken to. Um, we're all always like, we don't know where we fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to find where we can fit in. Um, even though I might talk to another, another black Dina, you know, that's like half black, half Mexican, mm-hmm. um, their, their experiences are still going to be different than mine. Um, so it's a really weird thing. And with my upbringing, my family was, and still is in a lot of ways, uh, fairly prejudiced. Uh, my my maternal grandmother was very racist. We lived with her for about, I think, two years when I was a preteen. And she used to call me the N-word in Spanish. Wow. Um, a little less uglier than that, but still ugly. She would call me la negra, la negrita. And that's not always a nice thing either. Um, so I, I grew up hating myself, hating that part of myself. Um, I was pushed to, you know, you want to marry a white man because, because also my mom assumed I was going to be straight. (laughs) Um, you know, you want to marry a white man so you can have beautiful babies. Um, don't play out in the sun too long because you're going to get darker. And these aren't, these, these aren't necessarily things that are exclusive to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to a lot of other, uh, biracial, multiracial, and even other Latinos that have been told the same thing. Like, 
it's it's what we're supposed to do. You know, you want to be accepted, so you you want to try and get in where you can, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my mom just filled my head with all these ugly things growing up, and I, I hated myself. That part of me, I denied being half black for a long time. I was even pretty racist myself against black people. Wow. And I, I just, I never understood. I'm like, why are they so angry all the time? And gosh, slavery wasn't that long ago. I was literally saying this shit. And, you know, I might be half black, but I'll never act like them. And it was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was, I feel so shitty for ever having said those things and, and believed those things. And, um, it really wasn't until I met my ex-wife, which is funny because she's as white as they get. She was born and raised in Wales for the first three years of her life. And they moved here to the States and lived in different parts of the country. And so she actually experienced racism the other way around. She, they lived in uh, South Carolina, I think it was, and they were in a predominantly back, black neighborhood. So she got picked on all the time. And she never hated she only ever wanted to be accepted by them and she took it upon herself. She would listen to hip hop and watch whatever movies she could. Like she did the most that she could to be able to relate. Mm-hmm. And um, when she did start making headway, she started making friends. And we always joked when we were together that she was more black than I'll ever be. Um, and it always reminds me of that statement that black is a state of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still could just never connect. Like, I I hated myself less. She helped me hate myself less. She helped me love my complexion, my skin color, be proud of it. Um, But I still felt ashamed and irritated when people would just automatically assume that I was black. And I never questioned that. I didn't want to listen to hip hop in public because I didn't want people to assume that I was black. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to say that it was probably in 2016, after we had split, I had watched this documentary called Crips and Bloods Made in America, and it opened my eyes. Like, just that one documentary, I I cried, and I hated myself for a different reason. I was like, I can't believe that I was sitting here. Why are they so angry? Uh, you know, it wasn't them who were slaves. It was a long time ago. There, there are other cultures and races that have been slaves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other people who get injustices too that aren't black. You know, look at what we did to the Native Americans. Look at look at what what we did, what we're doing to to uh, you know South and Central Americans. You know, um, and so it you you literally that's my first thing that I'll point out. I'll stop right now and say if anyone does not have an understanding, if you've said any of the things that I've said that I've just said, I used to say. Watch Crips and Bloods Made in America. Let that be the first thing. Because that just opens your mind and makes you see that they're not paranoid for no reason. They're not, I mean, they're, 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 look at, they're being killed on the streets, mm-hmm. you know? And this isn't a new thing. This isn't something that just started happening since Trump took office. It's gotten worse since Trump took office. Mm-hmm. But it's been happening for a long ass time. And it, I mean, it's, 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 it's how they started here. You know, mm-hmm. and and I just I took it upon myself after that to make sure that I wasn't denying that I'm half black. Um, I still have my own weird little things that I'm trying to navigate within it. So I it's a lot easier for me to say that I'm Afro Latina because I strongly identify with my Mexican heritage. That's because mm-hmm. that's what I was raised with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when I when I tell people I'm biracial, 
they they will see me as this entity different. And that's the other thing too. <laughs> you know, it's like I keep thinking of these things as I, as I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let it all out. But 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 that's the other thing too. R- regardless of how I'm raised, what my beliefs are, what I'm taught, how I see myself, society is always going to see me another way. So even if I even if I'm telling people I am Afro Latina. You know, I yes, I'm biracial. I identify strongly with my Mexican heritage. I don't deny my black heritage. Um, I'll still, you know, people will still think of me as black. I'm their black friend. I'm that, you know, I'm that token. And I started seeing that shit when Trump took office. Hmm. Um, that's when I became more adamant about being careful as to who I let in my life and and what I let them get away with. Um, I had two conversations in the last week with white friends one of them um, I'm very close to the other one is is um, she's a newer friend we just met last last summer on a film and she's a great woman amazing woman we're 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 we're, we're um, our friendship has been flourishing because of the quarantine mm-hmm. and um, we were having these conversations and it came up that you know all people are racist and they both generally said in their own different ways that it's just a matter of what level you're comfortable accepting. Hmm. And with the newer friend, I hadn't, I just, I didn't know. She, I didn't know how to address that. I didn't know what to tell her because I adore her, you know, um, but I also don't really know her that well. So I'm like, well, shit, how do I know? Do I know that she's going to be responsive to anything I have to say, no matter how nicely I put it? Mm-hmm. Um, is she going to listen to me? And I just didn't have the energy because just before we had that conversation, I watched a Facebook live feed with two cops pinning a black man down. One of them pulled out a gun from his holster and shot the guy in the chest twice. Wow. And they, it was the weirdest thing because they also were not white officers. Hmm. Neither of those officers were white. And they were shouting commands at him. He was dead. It was clear he was dead. And they were shouting commands at him. And I just, I lost it. I dropped my phone. I, I just... I felt like I wasn't even, I was like, this can't be reality, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so here comes my friend saying, you know, I think all people are racist and it, there's, there's more context to it. We were having a conversation. It wasn't like she just randomly told me that there was a conversation there mm-hmm. having to do with someone else <laughs> mm-hmm. who, uh, who had made an all lives matters post. And so I just, I stepped away from that conversation, but then with my, with my second friend, we were having this deep, long talk. And at the start of it, she was defending um, people who are, you know, uneducated or they're old and it's just the time that they were in and, you know, they're just not exposed and all that sort of thing. And she concluded that part of her conversation with, it's just a matter, all people are biased or prejudiced or racist. It's just a matter of what level of comfort you have. And I told her, I said, you get that luxury. I said, you get that luxury to decide what level of comfort you're, you're going to accept. I said, I don't, and I don't want to have that, that, that privilege, mm-hmm. you know, I said, I, and, and, and you're, you're saying this, like, it's a dismissive thing. Like, you know, well, yeah, they're a little racist, but they're still cool. No, because that's fucking worse to me. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to smile in my face and be my best friend, but then go around and talk shit about people like me because you think I'm one of the good ones or you're going to you're going to vote for politicians 
who are okay with us being lynched in the streets. I don't, I don't want to, I no, fuck you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know you, you know, mm-hmm. I would rather you, I would rather you be in my face telling me slurs, telling me how much you hate my kind than for you to be smiling to me and then be hanging out with those people behind my back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So she, you know, she didn't know how to take that. And, and the painful thing about that conversation with her was that she was not listening. And I, I, I know and I trust, because I've, I've, I've known her for almost two years now, I know and I trust that she is a good person. Mm-hmm. She is the type of person who wants to solve everything with love. And so her fault there, though, is that she has way too much leniency. Mm-hmm. And it's like she believes that if she doesn't have that leniency, leniency, that she's lending towards hate, and that's not the case. She has to, at some point, come to the, recoll- the the realization that other people don't have that, no matter how much leeway you give them. They're not going to have that because they're not interested. It doesn't affect them. So they're not, why? Why, why should they? Why should they look at black people or, um, you know, uh, Latinos or Asians or anybody else that's not like them as human? Why should they care about their struggles? Because it's, it's, it's sad, but a lot of people do not have the level of compassion and empathy it takes to be upset that a person died senselessly. Yeah. And with how everything is set up and has been set up for centuries in this country, everybody, regardless of their, their race or their background, every single one of us is programmed. Mm-hmm. And we don't know it. Yep. We don't fucking realize it. And some of us have those moments on our own where we're like, oh, shit, why is that that way? You know, some mm-hmm. of us have to be shown that by other people. And unfortunately, some people will never get there. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I've never felt more powerless than I have in, in, the, in this last week. Because I'm like, what do I do if, if, if well-intentioned allies are not willing to listen? Because the, the psychology there they don't want to feel bad if they see themselves as i am a loving person i don't hate anybody i'm not racist but you point out their bias that makes them all of a sudden just as bad as everyone else mm-hmm. you know they're, they're taking they're taking on that guilt and i think that's the first thing like i know a lot of a lot of my my brothers and sisters will say they want white people to feel guilty you know um or they want non-black POC to feel guilty um I don't I don't fault them on that you know that's it, that's how they feel you know I, I'm not gonna invalidate their feelings mm-hmm. um me personally I don't want that I don't want anyone to feel guilt or shame because you cannot grow if you're hiding if you're stuck not even hiding if you're stuck in your guilt if you're stuck in that shame it it spawns all these other negative non-productive feelings you know mm-hmm. and and it it, it 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 stops your growth it stunts your growth so you know i i'm grateful that at least up to this point that i have the privilege to have to be in this weird spot where i've not had their their experiences you know it wasn't until trump took office that i had people shouting slurs at me in the street uh, it, well, racial slurs. I've been, I've been, I've had homophobic slurs at mm-hmm. this point. But um, you know, so I don't, I don't carry the exact same level of anger and frustration and hopelessness and and whatnot that they have. 
Mm -hmm. I understand it. And it hurts my heart that they have that. And it makes me feel weird because like I said, I'm I'm half black, but I don't have those experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only just recently learned about colorism. Like last year, I just learned about colorism and I'm like, so that's why, you know, can you explain that? Cause Um, I actually, I don't know what colorism is. Oh yeah, definitely. So just this, just very generally, because I do want people to 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 go and 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 find out more about, like, look up more on colorism. But colorism basically is where people are, or like one skin tone, or a certain type of skin tone is more accepted and more comfortable than others. Like a really crude example would be what's called like the house slave. Uh, the concept of a house slave is they're they're usually lighter complected. Um, they're, they're usually the product of, um, the, the, the owner and the, and the, the slave, um, like their, their babies, they usually get brought in because they're, they're considered, um, they're more comfortable. Like I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around the ideology, but basically you can see examples of it in, in television and marketing. Like if you look at, a black a black woman's a black woman's character in a movie if she's a if she is this this stereotype it's usually the darker complected black women that are feisty outspoken angry and single or constantly going through men Hmm. um you can look at the lighter complected woman or the mixed character in, in whatever story this is and she's usually married um she's usually you know quiet easygoing everybody likes her no one has a problem with her um same thing with with uh with men it's like if you if you take a dude that's like lighter complected he's less of a threat you know and really i i i've only ever seen it from the perspective of being a woman mm-hmm. um because one of the main things that's cited is like big black dude he's scary he's a threat mm-hmm. right little brown woman not so much um, we get put into this weird category where it's like we're not exactly like them so maybe we're trainable maybe we're teachable or maybe we're already where they want us to be Wow! and that's what I learned without knowing what the term was that's where I saw it after Trump got elected so I had I was working at Amazon and I had seven seven co-workers all women um, white women, white country women that typically you would think I might not be able to connect with because we were just so different, Mm -hmm. but they were nice to me. They were nice to me that I never heard them say anything racist. They never said anything racist. They were never mean to the people at work that were of color. And then Trump takes office and all of a sudden they start sharing all these memes and saying all these things. And I would call them out on it. I'm like, yo, that's racist. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what are you upset for? You're not like them. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean I'm not like them? Who is this them that we're talking about? And she goes, you know, those people. And I was like, what are those people? And this was literally like different different manifestations of this conversation with the seven different women. And I tried giving them chances. I'm like, maybe they're just not getting it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if I talk to them, you know, you think I'm a good one. I can assure you that there's 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 a lot of them that are good you know (laughs) you just gotta stop being fucking racist and and get to know them outside of what you you your preconceived notions are of them um 
but yeah, so, so that, that's like kind of an example of colorism. It wasn't so much just because I'm, I'm biracial or Afro-Latina because they don't see me that way. They see me as a light-complected black woman that knows how to speak well wow. is, is how they see me. And it's just, it's astonishing. You know, I'm like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are much better examples and much better explanations of colorism if, if anybody chooses to look that up. Um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So I, I was actually just talking. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was, go. I was just going to say <laughs> that, um, like, I see, it, the more we crack this open, the more I realize that, like, there are so many different layers and levels mm-hmm. to racism that manifest in us. And like you said, we're programmed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is subconscious program that we don't even understand. Yep. And I think that stems, a big part of that is that a lot of us have never had conversations like we're having right now, you and I. Like I, I am like doing my best to just sit here and listen and absorb what you have to say, because I, I, I've never had to live your experience. And just to listen to this is like, you have given me already in like 20 minutes, you've given me so much to think about. And like, I just want to say thank you. And, uh, and you've like, man, you're like hitting all of the questions that I was even going to (laughs) ask, but, uh. Sorry. Now, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I'm glad. And 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 the other thing that I want to make sure that I'm very clear on, because I'm going to be having more of these talks with people um, later on, is I don't have the black experience, and I don't like saying that because it feels like it feels almost like it's the denouncing that I used to do when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the reality of the situation is is be, I'm not considered a. Th- Oh. People, people might, huh? Oh, wait, it cut out for a second. Uh, did, did, was the last thing you said, uh, you're not considered a threat? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not seen as a threat. I'm not seen as one of them. So people treat me different, you know? And then names. You know, you, you think about names, right? So my name, very, you know, non-ethnic sounding name, right? So on a job application or a resume, I send that in. God, oh, Jesus, okay. (laughs) So they get my resume. They see my name. There's no indication that I'm anything of color by that name because some people, the way they're programmed to think, they're they're thinking of, you know, like Shamika, Jones, Johnson, Robinson, Washington. You know, they're thinking Rodriguez or, or, you know, um, or Hernandez, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not seeing that, right? So that's the first part of it. So I, I get in with my resume. Then we schedule an interview. If it's over the phone, a phone screening, we're all good. We're still doing great. Mm. I set foot in that office. I cannot tell you how many times I get a double take. And the handful of times that they had the fucking balls to look at me and say, I didn't expect you to be like this. No way. Yes. And I'm like, excuse me? And I'm thinking, okay, I really need a fucking job. I really need money. I really want this position, <laughs> but I don't want to work with your ass. Yeah. So I, 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 I take a minute and I breathe and I'm like, I'm sorry. What, what do you, what do you mean? And they're like, why? Well, I, I didn't, I didn't expect you to. And I was like, oh, you didn't expect me to be what? <laughs> and they squirm, they squirm. They j- and then they stop themselves and they say, I just, I, I pictured you differently. And I tell them, I imagine you did. Wow. So, you know, it just, it trips me out. <laughs> and Damn, I just, man. I, 
you know, but, but aside from that, I know, I know that there, there are so many people that will not make it past because of the name that's on their resume. They will not make it past the, the phone interview because of, of regional accents or whatever, whatever, however they may speak, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a, I, I got sucked into watching that Netflix show, Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually really amazing. It was a really interesting thing to check out. I hated their queer representation and how they went about it, but the the issues that came up with race was fucking phenomenal. Hmm. Like, I just people can check out at least the first episode and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's insane. Hmm. But that's the thing. It's like we all have these preconceived notions. We all have these biases, but we have to be willing to be open to hearing when we're wrong. And we have to not take an aggressive standpoint. Yes, you can feel guilty. You can feel hurt. You can be upset. You might even feel attacked, especially if the person that's calling you out is angry. But that's when we have to like apply basic principles of like psychology and meditation. Don't be reactive. Mm-hmm. Just take a minute, breathe, walk away from it, and then think about it when you're ready. Process that. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself those questions. Am I really racist? Am I really prejudiced? Was what I said really that wrong? And nine times out of ten, you'll find that, yeah, I was being prejudiced. I was being racist. I was being homophobic. I was being transphobic. Whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, that's the, the, only, the only thing I feel that I can do from my position with the little privilege that I do have is... I, I have the luxury of being calm. I have the luxury of, of being calm. I've I've worked in the last several years on how to work through my anger in, in other ways, you know, and to to want to learn other people's experiences as well. So since I have that, I try to apply it as much as I can. But for the most part, there are a lot of lost causes. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who they don't want to hear what a stranger on the Internet has to tell them. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be until or unless they have something happen to them in their real life that they want to change it, you know? Yeah. Well, in, in Trump's America, it's kind of these he's created this scenario in which people uh, have this like kind of like shield to hide behind, like this fake news shield, like everybody's got an agenda mm-hmm. and it's like. You know, mm-hmm. like you and I, we're just having a genuine human conversation right now. And you have like no reason to lie. You have no reason to make anything. You're just literally telling me your life experience. And these, right. you have to deal with things that I would never even, I, I could never even imagine because I never had to deal with that. And it's like people have to really, we have to uh, get like uncomfortable, man. Like we got to do a lot of uh, introspection and being receptive and listening. And I think we like, it's really important for us to note that like, this issue of racism isn't black and white Mm -hmm. and it's like everybody as you said everybody has a different experience and even Mm -hmm. people of color have wildly different experiences and that's what what i want to do with the show is get as many viewpoints as i can and just like listen and and we we have to realize that yeah some people are going to be angry and some people's approach might be angry and they might you know come at you a different way but Always, I think, mm-hmm. as as a white person, I'm gonna do always do my best to just listen and be receptive. I think the best advice I can give there for white Americans and non-black POC who feel attacked um, when a black person is expressing themselves, whether, like I said, if it's them just flat out, straight up cussing them out and calling them out, um, 
the best thing that anyone can do, regardless of 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 what, because I, I get actually, I'm, I'm going to tell you in a little bit if I can uh, about this really neat experience that I had with this woman on Instagram a little while ago, earlier today. Cool. Um, a white woman who said some an unsavory thing and <laughs> boy, it was ugly, but, um, not ugly, ugly, but I've seen worse, but it, it was a trip what mm-hmm. happened. But, um, I think that when, whenever, and this is actually a good principle to apply in life in general, but when someone is attacking you, if they are insulting you, if they're saying things that are hurting your feelings, um, again, you're not reactive. You take a minute and you breathe and you think really, really hard because I do have a lot of a lot of friends who are allies who are white and they get attacked, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them take it personally. And I'm like, you have to remember they don't know you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to to word things properly, appropriately all the time on 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 in text, period, even if it's on social media, even if it's in a personal text, sometimes it's hard to get the things out right. And it just it can be taken so wrong. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remember that if you know, if you know in your heart of hearts, you, you search, you know that you're not, you're not a racist, you're not a bad person, don't get reactive and say some shit to them. Just, yeah. just breathe and remind yourself they don't know me. They don't know me. They don't know my experience. And I, I will continue to do good. I will continue to be an ally. And I just I cannot reach this person. I don't have to reach this person. I'm just going to step back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this woman on Instagram, she had commented on a, uh, comic. Um, there's an artist who shares these really cute comics. I'm going to keep it vague because I told her that I wouldn't share anything, um, from her without her permission or knowledge. But, um, we, we, um, they shared this comic that was talking about empathy and solidarity and, you know, there's blackout Tuesday. And so, wait, are you aware of Blackout Tuesday today? Uh, oh, is it yeah. Sure? Uh, yeah, but go okay. ahead and for listeners, in case they haven't heard, uh, give us a rundown. Oh, yeah. So the general, the general idea of Blackout Tuesday, it started with the music industry, but the whole idea is for um, white allies and I guess non-black POC to take a step back, you know, not post their personal things, not post anything unrelated to the movement. They're basically muting themselves. And it's to allow black voices to be heard and, and, and black artists and, and independent black artists and musicians and whatnot to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where, where that was. So um, this particular artist had shared this little this little cartoon that was in solidarity. And uh, this woman popped up and she said, thank you so much for sharing content for me to look at. That's all she said. Mm. Um I can totally understand why anyone would be upset. I could totally understand why our allies felt, you know, they had to say something to her. I wasn't going to use my energy on that because that's where I drew a line. I'm like, eh, you know, either she doesn't know about Blackout Tuesday or she doesn't care. And if she doesn't care, she's literally one person that's not in my life. I'm not, I don't have the energy for her, So I'm just going to mm-hmm. leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But I got curious. <laughs> so I looked at the comments and everyone that responded to it was generally polite. You know, they were like, as an ally, I feel that it's my responsibility to share with you. And so they were all trying to talk to her. There were a couple of people that were like, God, really? But no one at that point had said anything really, really nasty. And uh, she responded back, just kind of generalizing. She responded back with, um, I, use, I use social media as an escape. Um, 
I don't, I'm not here for you to push Ooh. your ideals on me. So stop. Um, you can keep talking all you want. I'm not going to listen. If you really want change, go out and do something. Oh. Yeah. But the thing was, I don't know. I felt something. I felt like I could talk to her and I wanted to talk to her. I, I actually, usually I get mad. I get so mad that I shake and my heart races mm -hmm. and I have to determine if I'm going to use any energy on them whatsoever. But I didn't feel that. And so that kind of compelled me to reach out to her. So I was typing up my response, and I guess the 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 poster had deleted the whole thing. So what I did was I screenshotted that. I had already screenshotted her reaction, um, and I posted on my page, and I tagged her. And so I explained what had happened, and then I asked her, I said, will you talk to me? I said, we can talk in private. I won't share anything that we discuss without your permission and without your, your knowledge. Um... I, I'm going out on a limb here because I can tell you that the few times that I've actually tried to talk to people that have been like this, it's always been met with cruel, crude rejection. So, you know, you have an opportunity to give me some light today, some hope. Will you talk to me? And she messaged me. Wow. So when she when she messaged me, you know, we had some kind of, you know, it was funny. I could still sense the tension. I think she was a bit nervous that I might turn out to you know flip out on her mm -hmm. um but i asked her i'm like genuinely how are you doing and she said to be honest i'm, I'm doing all right you know I'm as, I'm as good as i can be she goes it's just the state of the world and i said okay and i said are you are you willing to talk to me about what's going on and so we we, we talked we had a little bit of a dialogue we didn't get too personal um but we we had some dialogue and in the end it came out that she was She's not against any of it. She wants to raise her kids with compassion and with love and understanding. Um, the only thing that that she was stuck at was that people are always like this. They're always going to be that way. There's no way to change them. And so I made the point that, yes, that can, that can be true in some cases, but I have to draw a line where lives are taken. I have to draw a line where lives are taken and no one's being held accountable. Mm -hmm. I said, I could care less if I'm walking down the street and people want to sneer at me for holding my imaginary girlfriend's hand because I don't have one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I could care less if, if people don't want to go see my movies because they think I'm pushing an agenda. I don't care. You know, you, you they, for every for every five bubbas that are like, you know, all them queer people and all them black people always wanting all these things. I don't care. There's at least a million other people that do care and they do like that. and They do want that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I told her that's fine. I said right now what what these movements are pushing for is to get it to where this shit stops affecting us and impacting us. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. words do hurt. You know, there, there's no lie. Words carry a certain power, but that can be healed. That can be worked through. We can, we can learn how to, how to build up against that. But, you know, you can't, you can't, I mean, it, we have, we have to stop what's going on with, with, with the lynchings and the, and the fucking, the politicians who are setting up shit in the system to keep people from being able to make those changes uh, in legislature. You know, people, mm -hmm. I see people now, you know, bitching about the, the, the looting and the, the rioting, which isn't even really from the protesters. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, 
they keep saying that shit and they're like, vote, go vote. And I'm like, bitch, we've been voting. Yeah. What do you think we've been doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, those of us who can have been voting. Then you have to take into account that there is a huge pool of people, which I don't blame them. They're like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter either because they're being hindered from voting or because the system is so broken and corrupt that no matter what we do in our vote, it's not going to change anything. And, and I, I believe I, I don't think my votes are counted. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is, is that if we're voting in mass and we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing and change is not happening, that exposes yeah, the cracks in the system. Absolutely. And and that's where we can get change. So, yeah, Dude, know, that's, but, that's, but, but yes, huh? that's just that's real powerful. Uh, I just watched a documentary last night called uh, Kill Chain. And it was about uh, how all of the election machines are easily hackable and nobody's Mm -hmm. doing any, mainly like Republicans are basically blocking any kind of election security reform. And, but Mm -hmm. you're exactly right. The reason why nobody realizes that it's so broken is because everybody's not doing it. If everybody did it, then we would have no doubt that it's like, oh, something's fishy here, you know? Yeah. So that's, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing with, uh, with speaking out against this shit. Like, so I get frustrated with a lot of the Dallas film community because there is so much blatant racism. It is ridiculous. Mm. There are people that make good budgets for their films that are racist as fuck. Wow. Or they're rapey. They, yeah. they, they literally sexually assault women and, and they talk, they say the grossest things, they do the grossest things on set and people turn a blind eye. They're like, well, I can't say or disrupt this person because then I won't have a career. So I have a little line there. I understand. I understand being fearful that your career is going to be ruined. So you definitely don't want to be the first and only person to stand up. Mm-hmm. But we have to find a way to organize so that we can all stand up and say, fuck this, you know, yeah. because with the with the amount of people that know that it's wrong and that are against it, we could we could affect that change. Mm-hmm. But if everybody's too scared to do something and there's only a handful of people who who will, it's it's going to stay broken. Yep. You know, I've. I've seen so many makeup artists and other filmmakers who are out protesting, who are sharing things and they're outing races. This is like Christmas for me. Like I've, cause like for the last year and a half, I've been blue. I've been screaming till I'm blue in the face on the, on the, the forums that I'm in, um, calling people out when they say racist shit, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not backed up. I haven't been backed up. I get, I get a couple of people that'll like my comments. It's like, it's like, oh, here's this crazy little Latina chick who's running around yelling at people. Let me hide behind her and like raise my fist, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, but it's like, we, we need to just be more forward with it. We need to be, we need to come together. We need to be more forward with it and say, hey, stop that shit. You know, you, you keep, I mean, and, and I hate to say this because I know this is going to be taken the wrong way by some people, but it's like, you keep that shit at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep that shit at home with your family and friends to where it's just complaining because, you you know, like 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 the uh, woman on Instagram said, and like, I believe people there are going to be people who cannot and will not change because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to they're not they don't have that motivation. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to mess with them. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to change them. I just want to take their power away. Yeah. I want I want to take their power away. I want to take their influence away. That's that's what I want. I will be happy with that. Yeah, that's a really powerful point is that uh, 
that I didn't really think about. It's like, yeah, it's not necessarily the people that we need to change. It's the fucking system. Exactly. Because it puts all the power in those people's hands that creates this situation. And, you know, then it just institutes systemic racism. It just keeps breeding. And it's this festering Mm -hmm. problem that nobody is being. And that's why it's just amazing right now is because, like, I I believe, like, we got to do everything we can to cultivate and keep this movement going because, like, true change starts right here, you know. And, And it's I think it's important right now that we. Like, yeah, of course, all fucking lives matter. But until all yeah. lives are treated equal, we can't go around saying all lives matter. Yeah. And, and oh. oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I think I think I can potentially see this being the start of like massive societal change for like a really yeah. bright future. But for yeah. right now, we have to keep the conversation focused on Black Lives Matter. And, right. and pushing for racial justice uh, because I think movements like the Occupy Wall Street and things like that sort of fell apart is because they tried to tackle so many different issues at once. Right. But right now we need to come together and throw our weight together, collective intent on a certain problem. And once that one is in, then that's when the dominoes start falling. Then we can focus yep. on other things. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out about the whole All Lives Matter thing. Um, one of my Facebook friends... Um, he's, he's queer. He brought that up, you know, about, about the protests and everything. But then at the very end, he's like, and while you're at it, make sure that you're not forgetting about, you know, trans rights and, and xenophobia. And, and he, he named all these other things. And so I told him, I was like, you know, we are not forgetting those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that any of that is considered any less. It's not that any of that is important, is less important. It's just you, we, we have this, this is the main vehicle. We need to, we need to go, we need to move with that while we have the momentum. That's what we need to move with. And I think what it is, is because of, like I said, all that, all the programming that we have, people are taking that personally. They're mm-hmm. feeling like their like their voices are not being heard um, they're feeling like they're not being thought of because I mean, the amount of trans women that have been killed just, just, you know, the first few months of this year alone was incredible. I was so fucking, it's like, how, how, how is this happening? Or not this year. Um, I think it was last year, but there, there's, there's, um, the amount of black trans women in general that have been killed. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just as with, with, you know, um, cis uh black <clears throat> black people but um i'm starting to i'm starting to hit my brain fog i'm realizing that i think because i realize i haven't eaten a day so my brain is like hey we need to eat we need fuel <laughs> um so if i'm stumbling on my ideas that that's that's what or my, my my thoughts is what it is i'm trying to trying to get them out but i can't find the words oh, wait, so you're doing um, an awesome job I, like <laughs> thanks. this is a great conversation thank you so much <laughs> no, thank you thanks like i said thanks for for giving me this opportunity but but that's the thing oh, oh so generalizations um you know, we we can't be stuck on literal. You know, it's like Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, that means nobody else's lives matter. You know, we we can't be stuck on if something is generalized. It's like the easiest thing to do is to just focus on what the cause is and understand that nothing else is being neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 it's it's kind of like I'm not a fan of the ideal that you know if we abolish 
all of the the issues and that that affect women if we abolish that it means right for every rights for everyone i'm not a fan of that thought because there are still some intersectional issues in there that will get neglected um but when you're looking at this in particular it it is all-encompassing it's just the the canvas that's being used the the main vehicle that's being used is you know black lives so mm-hmm. um we we i say we I, sh- I really need to stop saying we that that's my because like i said I'm, I'm split in where i'm at like i'm either ally or i'm in it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but but people uh people need to stop being so fixated on how that language is you know, just either be supportive and 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 active in whatever ways you can or just shut the fuck up and get destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Yeah, I, I literally saw a woman bitching and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be mean because I'm, I'm sick of it. Like oh, express how you feel, man. <laughs> she um, like we talked like I mentioned very briefly about comfort levels, what you're willing to accept with racism and bias and prejudice and i've i thought i pretty much eliminated all of it but with this one particular actress she fucking about a month ago she was or no two months ago i'm losing track of time i'm forgetting where Uh, i'm at because i've been (laughs) (laughs) it's like what month am i in what year is this the last five days it felt like five years alone dude like yeah it's 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 crazy but before quarantine and when there was the opportunity to go out in the sun (laughs) she was talking about um going to the beach or something and enjoying the sun and one of her one of her uh fans had commented and they were like well make sure you don't get burned excuse me and she was like ew i don't want to get dark (sighs) and i looked at that and i like if you think of that meme or that gif that has, and yes, I still say gif because gif does not make sense to me. Um, <laughs> you have the the Brazilian soap actress, and there's all those equations that are going in her head, and there's a dramatic music. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what was going on in my head. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be rea- be reactive. I'm going to sit. Let me think a minute. And I'm like, it's possible that she just did not realize what the gravity of that fucking statement held. Mm-hmm. It's possible that she wasn't saying that she thinks that dark is gross. I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm not going to deal with it. So mm-hmm. I left it alone. And uh, the last few days, she's been bitching about the rioting, not uh, the protests, geez. the rioting, and how all of these people are going out and causing these problems, and they're going to make the COVID go higher, and she's going to have to be on lockdown longer. And I was disgusted because, and I recognize, I've actually, I create like little mini forensic profiles on people. And their behaviors, like I analyze, <laughs> I analyze their their personal trends and their behaviors on on social media. It's a lot easier to do on Facebook than it is Instagram, mm-hmm. but it gives me a general idea of what I might be dealing with. And so I recognize from the stuff that she posts and how she posts it, she's hurting. She has some problems, you know. She she she's going through some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she made this fucking post of herself in lingerie, and a fetish mask talking about how this this whole thing with all these riots and protests is not good for her and that she lost her husband a, a while back and she's been struggling to put her life back together and this is this is ruining any opportunity she has for getting her life back on track so 
I want to take a second and say I am not unempathetic to how she is feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. I totally get feeling like you're trying to get control of your life and and things, we'll just leave it at that, keep mm-hmm. happening to set you back. But if you if you are so fucking self-absorbed that you're not realizing what's going on and you're trivializing it and, and, and like minimalizing it to these people are just running around destroying everything and getting sick and they're going to make everybody sick and it's going to ruin my life. They're, they're, not only is that privileged, but that is fucking prejudice. That's not biased. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not, it's not like she's ignorant to it. And I connect that back to, ew, I don't want to be dark. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I gave her a chance. I waited. I didn't comment on that post. I commented on another one because she made a joke this morning talking about how long before we find out that the numbers go up in the thousands. And I commented and I said, oh, I know, tell me about it. It is so absolutely heartbreaking that people are so moved by racial injustice and systematic racism that they're willing to put their health and safety and life on the line to change that, to make a statement against it. Mm -hmm. She didn't comment. She didn't react to it. She continued responding to everybody else beyond me that was either agreeing with her or, or making fun of the situation. Oh, man. So I deleted her, and I'm going to call her out later because we have a lot of mutuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, a big thing that people really need to realize, and it's like kind of like an uncomfortable like self-reflection, and, and like is that like, you know, we all yes, of course, we all have problems in life, and all have hurdles and mm-hmm. struggles. But imagine having all those same struggles, and then being a person of color on top of it, and dealing with all of mm-hmm. those struggles that make the normal struggles even harder all your life even yeah all your life that's that's what trips me out that's why this this woman on instagram that was like i need a place to escape i'm like "Mm, it's nice that you can yeah (laughs) right because because like even like that that's the point that i made to her it's like i i can't even really use social media as an escape because there will always be something there that will remind me of how people how some people feel about the queer community, the black community, uh, how they feel about immigration, how they feel about inclusion and diversity, what they think of or how they see Asians. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I can't escape that. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, it's there. So. Yeah, we should, uh, like, and I, th- and you know, like on some levels, I think a lot of people could do that un- unintentionally and realize, like, yeah, I'm trying to escape this and then not even realize that like, yeah, like you said, that comes from a place of privilege and it's like, we, we need to be mm-hmm. acknowledging this. We None of us need to be trying to escape right now. We need to be engaged and as active and looking for ways that, how can we make this world a place that none of us want to escape from? Right. I mean, we do definitely have to have some kind of balance. Um, I, I had to tell one of my friends that because she was burning herself out with everything she was posting and sharing and you know, because she's also not able to um, to protest. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, you, you, you don't have to feel guilty for taking a moment to, to, to refresh because you can't you can't help if you are not well yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't do much if you are going to fall apart because you've not been taking care of yourself. So I don't even really have a problem with with escaping for a moment so that you can have Mm self-care but it's the mindset of you know you're inconveniencing me this is an inconvenience that's what 
that's what trips me out. Yeah, that's a good yeah. distinction to make for sure. Uh, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, that we, we start talking about doing this podcast episode like two or two days ago or something. And it was like, mm -hmm. I hadn't slept. I was up at like yeah. seven in the morning. I was like, let's fucking do this. We're doing that. Yeah. We got shit to say. And then, you know, it's like, like, <laughs> but then I like realized like, okay, you know what? Maybe like we should both get some rest and we'll do yep. this more fresh. And, you know, cause like possibly this conversation wouldn't have been as good if we were just both tired and trying mm -hmm. to, you know. But yeah, self-care is important and right. Yeah. Find that balance of taking care of yourself, but also, you know, you have to take care of yourself and look at yourself within the scope of everything that's happening. Right. Yep. Yep. Damn. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, you, man, you just like intuitively covered everything that I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> and like, there's awesome. so much more that uh, we could talk about, but I, I definitely, like, if you want to come back, I'd love to have you back and we can crack yeah. open some more topics. Um, but uh, yeah. And it's wow. Um, <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for uh, doing this. And uh, yeah, it's it's crazy times right now, but I really, I've, and you know, it's, it's weird that I've been like working on the irreverentism movement since last year. And it was all about, uh, before any of this started, it was all about bringing together people of different backgrounds of all kinds to come together to collectively focus on issues and, mm -hmm. you know, solve a, one problem at a time. And then once yeah. we solve, one problem it's like we're solving all problems together so it's like yeah. that's what i'm really trying to do now is continue that work of bringing people together to focus on other people's problems that don't affect them and we can yeah. by doing that we can create a world uh for everybody that everybody wants to live in and it's everybody's yeah. treated fair and equal yeah and I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity and i'm glad that uh that uh, i could lend some insight and stuff but but like I, like I said I always have to make sure I give that caveat um my my experience doesn't even encompass what you know what what a black person has gone through like I, I was actually reading some stories today of uh, some black actors who I mean because that's the thing you don't re I didn't realize this until the last six months probably every single black man at some point in his life has had a terrifying moment with the cops like, like, like they actually were sure that they were going to die or, or never be seen again in that moment. Yeah. Um, and every single time they have an encounter with the cops that, that is on their mind, you know, yeah. um, black parents actually have conversations with their children at some point that they could potentially die just because of their skin color, that people are going to hate them and be shitty with them because of their skin color. Not only did I not have any of those conversations because my mom didn't know any better, but even if my mom did know any better, it's not something I would have experienced, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's different for me than, than it is for other people of color other black people actually so mm -hmm. but you know and then again but also you have a very powerful perspective too because like there are other people that do have have your experience too and it's like the more we share everybody's experience within the umbrella of racism and and the, the topic of race the more that we can maybe collectively come to an understanding yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely all right so uh tiffany where can people find you on the interwebs and do you have anything that you'd like to promote or anything um i just 
completed a short film for the, like during the whole quarantine thing. It was supposed to be for the Roger Corman challenge, mm -hmm. but it ended up being too long and I was too tired to whittle it down. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it got accepted into the cyber shorts virtual reality festival. And then, um, I'll be, I'm still waiting to hear back from other festivals, but if anyone wants to like see my work or hear my rantings, um, <laughs> you can either find me on Facebook with stupid idea films like that's that's where I mainly post. And then I do have a professional Facebook page that I think is Tiffany Warren films or Tiffany Warren directs. But stupid idea films is the easiest way to find me. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm vampire 1782. But that's mostly like pet pictures like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really all it is, is like pet pictures and videos and the occasional promo like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I did this thing. I'm going to be on this here. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So awesome. Right on. Well, Tiffany, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Sig. I'll keep sending some people your way. I got I got some more that I've been talking to that are interested. So I would love that. Thank you. So anyone else out there that would like to come on my show and share your story of firsthand racism? Uh, or if you're a protester, an activist, or an organizer, and you want to come uh, share tips of what's going on in the ground, uh, out in the protests, uh, all over the place, and if you want to share messages of unity and inspiration, like that's the kind of stuff that I want to hear. You can either uh, just email me, signeutron at gmail.com. If you want to come on the guest and we talk, uh, that's great. And also, if you just want to record something, if you don't have time, uh, record anything with your phone and just send it to me and I'll if, if message that you want to get out and I will do my best to put it up on there and get it out because dude uh, Twitter and shit is like totally deleting posts and censoring things and Facebook and Twitter are not our friends they are huge companies that will it's just mind-boggling like ridiculous and I think that a podcast is a perfect format to disseminate information and it can't be throttled in algorithms so if you dig what I'm trying to do here uh, and you feel like this is important, please share this episode. Uh, if you're you want to have a conversation about race with somebody that you know and you don't have time or you know you're uncomfortable, like share this episode or any of the future episodes. And yeah, like I just I just want to do what I can to to help uh, build a framework that of communication that backs up the movement. Uh, this isn't, you know, this, the story of racism and, and people of color, that's not my story to tell. Uh, but I can do my best to use my platform to make sure that that story is heard. So also, if you if you're do any music that is anything related to the revolution or the struggle, uh, send me that too. And I will totally, I want to include a song in each episode and give a shout out to the artist and just as a way to like share the community and, and sp spread art. And, you know, we got to, as tough as things are right now, like we got to keep the morale up and we got to stay unified and we got to, you know, stick together. So I want to do what I can to bring some, some joy and lightheartedness to, especially in these dark fucking times. So all of you guys out there that are fighting the good fight, keep it up. Uh, we see you, we appreciate you and know that you are a part of amazing, wonderful worldwide change that is happening. And it might not look like it right now, but the future, I feel it. It is truly bright for all of us.
So thank you guys so much. I'm truly honored to be on this planet with all of you.